Spencer Hughes. Hughes from the heart. I'm going to get right to the meat of this podcast. Should I say meat? I've largely given up meat. Maybe I shouldn't say meat. Maybe I'm going to get to the plant-based meat of this episode. That doesn't sound right either. That does not sound right. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Let's just do the podcast. Meatless or otherwise. How you doing, my friend? Where are you in the world? I could tell you where you are in the world. I want to thank all my friends who are listening in my top cities of Frankfurt, Germany, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Nevada, California, Columbus, Ohio, San Francisco. Oh, I said San Francisco. That slipped. Boy, that's ingrained in my brain from the early 90s when I was a right-wing maniac. I used to call it San Francisco. San Francisco. Sorry, that actually did slip. (laughs) Uh, San Francisco is in my top five. Number six, Sparks, Nevada. Thank you very much. I have a soft spot in my heart for Nevada. A lot of people don't like the high desert, but I do. Next up, the capital of Washington. Oh boy, not more than half an hour or so away. About 35 minutes away from my front door, Olympia, Washington. My wife and daughter are there today at the farmer's market selling their soy wax candles at Silva House Market. You could order them at silvahousemarket.com. You like how I segued into the spot? silvahousemarket.com. Don't wait till Christmas to buy Christmas gifts. It's already the 10th of December as I record this. Next up, St. Paul, Minnesota, Châtillon, France. Top countries that listen to Hughes from the Heart. United States, Germany, France, Canada, UK, Japan, Australia, Brazil, India, South Korea. Those are the top countries. Thank you very much. But it's heard in 47 countries. And now, as of right now, 786 uh, cities around the world. So not too shabby. Thank you very much. I want to share with you a piece of inspiration that came to me. Sometimes I just sit here and people say, well, how do you meditate? Well, I've got a busy life, you know. I wish I could just kind of climb to the highest peak around here and just sit down and kind of veg out for a while. We've got a little meditation altar that I rarely use. Sometimes my best meditation comes in the shower. Sometimes it comes in the bathtub. Sometimes it comes while I'm driving. Sometimes it comes, and believe me, I don't close my eyes while I'm driving. Don't worry. This one just came to me kind of sitting at my desk, letting myself kind of almost semi-nod off. Some of my most brilliant moments come from those nodding off moments. And I used to think that was weird, but now I understand how the mind works. And some of the greatest thinkers, including Thomas Edison, would hold the proverbial heavy object in their hand and lay down on a couch or sit at their desk and hold that little heavy object in their hand. And as they nodded off, it would fall maybe to their lap or to the ground or to the desk and make a loud noise, and then it would wake them up. And many people swear by that. I think it's called theta stage. I don't know all the stages of the mind. I haven't memorized them all. Thank God I'm not in college doing a course on this. 
probably fail. I know what I'm talking about. It's one of those things where you tell the professor, I look, I know what I'm talking about. I got the concepts right. Can you give me at least a B minus, please, in this course? I know what I'm, I know the gist of it. But Alpha Beta, Alpha Beta, wasn't that a store when I was a kid, I think, in the Bay Area? Alpha Beta. Alpha Beta and Alpha, Alpha Bits. Alpha Bits was a cereal, right? And those alphabet soup. There's just too many. I can't remember them all. But I do know that all it takes sometimes is just to nod off a little bit and you wake up and you feel rested and you feel inspired. And this one just came to me out of the blue. And I've rarely cranked on and warmed up the uh, podcast studio based on a meditation I came out of that was only maybe five seconds long, 10 seconds long. And this came to me almost as a vision almost word for word. And I wrote it down. I put it on my Facebook. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Hughes from the heart. I would love to see one experiment I want to do is I, I see that we have listeners in like 800 cities, just about 47 countries, but I don't see a lot of activity in terms of subscribers. I don't see anybody, you know, paying a buck a month to be on the podcast. That's okay. It's no big deal, but I, well, it kind of is a big deal. I just, I wonder like, if it means anything, being in, I mean, when I tell people I'm in 47 countries and people in 800 cities listen to me, I don't know what that means. I don't know if you're do, like half-ass listening or someone has it on in the background and it counts as a listen. I don't know. I want to see how active a listener you are. So I want to see how many new likes I get on my Hughes from the Heart page. I don't have a whole lot of likes right now. Granted, I don't ever, I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast here. I have 814 likes right now, 819 followers. I want to see if there's anybody listening to this because I know you are. So let's see if that number goes up today when I refresh it or this weekend. Cool weekend in the Pacific Northwest. So here it is, almost word for word, what I wrote. And I'm not saying it's the most inspirational thing, but you know what? I went to Panda Express last night on my way to a concert with my 15-year-old daughter. She took me to the concert, I think. Uh, she treated me. It was just great, great show. But those fortunes suck, man. The, fortune, the fortunes you get in Asian restaurants, and I'm not saying Panda Express is like an Asian restaurant, but even in like in real bona fide Chinese restaurants, they're, they're terrible. Like when I was a kid, it'd say like, you will walk 20 paces to the north and dig a hole and you will find the gateway to hell or something like that. At least that's a fortune. Now it's the, the one I got yesterday was, I don't even remember. I threw it away right away. It just, I, I put it in the hot mustard. It, it, it depressed me so much because it wasn't really a, a fortune. Like one of them was your lucky number is 21 million. That's not a fortune. That's not a fortune. That's not even like an opinion. It's stupid. My lucky number, 21 million. What does that mean? My lucky number. When would I, I, I can't even count that high. When do I ever, I, I don't write checks. I don't receive checks. I don't, my brain can't process 21 million. So is that my lucky number, 21 million? Oh, I guess that means you're going to win 21 million in the lottery today, man. Better play it. I mean, when did that become a fortune? Your lucky number is 21 million. That's bullshit. It's a bullshit fortune. It really is. I'm just going to say it like it is. It's bullshit. Fortunes used to be, you know, you will encounter someone today of great mystery, but listen to what they have to say. They will offer great wisdom to you in the years to come. Something like that. That's a fortune. You know what I mean? You will travel mysterious islands in the 
That's more of a fortune. Your lucky number is twenty-one million. I mean, that's just lazy. It's probably I don't know who they hire to to write these fortunes anymore. It used to be like Lao Tzu used to write fortunes. You know, you'd you'd have like the author of the Tao or something writing these because they were so so. Man, they got you in the heart when I was maybe just because I was a kid and I was dumb. I don't know. But I remember the Chinese restaurants when I was a kid. I was like, wow. Maybe they were always stupid, like your lucky number is 21 million. Maybe it's the same fortune I had like back in 1978. All right, so here is the inspiration that came to me. Here's how I wrote it down anyway. Humans start and spend the bulk of their lives with the religious, political, and cultural fingerprints of other people all over their lenses and then struggle to understand why it's so damn hard to see clearly. And I'm kind of astonished that that kind of came to me as quickly as it did. Not that it's, I mean, it, it, it is life-changing when you think about it. We're going to kind of dive deeper into what this means to me anyway and what it might mean to you. But I'm not saying this is the most profound thing that's ever come to somebody in meditation. I'm not saying it's my original thought. I don't know where these things come from, but they come from somewhere. I think they come from source energy. I think they come from... Source energy. So I have the door creaking over here. I've got three dogs in the other room, and I'm dog watching right now. And if I leave the door open like a millimeter, it doesn't compromise their insecurities. But now that they heard the door close, they're going to start clawing at the door, and i got to get through this podcast quickly here, okay? As long as that door is open, like, enough for, like, this strand of dental floss to get through, somehow they are safe. But when that door, when they hear the closure of the door, it's like we're in another dimension from each other and they go nuts. So what does this mean? It means, because I wear glasses and I don't wear them every day. I don't really need them every day, but um, for my county job, I absolutely need my glasses. I need my glasses because I'm reading small print. I'm observing things that I need to be absolutely sure of. And I don't want anything blurred, okay? It could compromise someone's safety or security. So I, I have to have my vision intact. And I notice they get dirty during the day, okay? I have very thick eyebrows, as some of you know. And, you know, the oils off of that come off on the top of the, you know, one of these days they're going to invent the same way they could put a camera on Mars that takes astonishing photography and video. Someone's going to invent a lens that doesn't get the oil off of your eyebrows on it every five seconds, or maybe someone will invent eyebrows that don't leak oil as much as mine do. And I, I try not to touch them on the lens, but you know, when you're taking them off and on, you're going to get some smudges on there. Stuff's going to get on them. And that's my biggest pet peeve of, of having to wear glasses is that you're constantly seeing things in the lens right? Either things that have gotten on there. When you go out and do a mist or the rain, they get wet and you see little droplets on there and you got to dry them off. You know how it is. Anybody who wears glasses, it's a pain in the ass. So this came to me in this kind of little vision meditation that these figuratively speaking fingerprints are the fingerprints that religion puts on there, politics puts on there, our culture puts on there. It's the belief that we were taught as a kid certain ways to salvation. 
or from hearing our father or mother or both or our grandparents belly aching about politics and how, oh, this group, these are a bunch of communists, this party, this communist party, the Democrats are going to take us down to hell in a handbasket. Oh, those Republicans are starving old people. Fingerprint. Fingerprint. Sex outside of marriage is a sin. Fingerprint. That's another fingerprint. Gays are dirty. Gay marriage is a no-no. Gay sex is even worse. Fingerprint. My culture is better than yours. Fingerprint. The way we do things here is better than the way you do things there. Another fingerprint. Right? The Boy Scouts put a fingerprint. The Catholic Church put another fingerprint. The temple put a fingerprint. The mosque put a fingerprint. Your great-grandfather put a fingerprint. Your spouse put a fingerprint. All these people put fingerprints on our lenses. And then we wonder. We, we hit a certain point, maybe middle age, maybe sooner if we're lucky, and we say, what the hell? I can't see a thing. I can't see a thing. These lenses are filthy. What am I? So then you take off your glasses, and you realize, wow. That fingerprint was put there when I was 12 years old, when my dad said I would never amount to anything. My father didn't say that, but a lot of parents did, so I'm just using that generically. It could have been your mother. It could have been a sibling. Wow, that's why I've seen this thing out of the corner of my eye, and that's why I see the world in a certain way. And look at this fingerprint. This is when my history teacher told me that I was a slow learner. And that my parents had a challenge ahead and that I had a challenge ahead and I would never really amount to anything. That's that fingerprint there. And this is the guilt complex that the church put on me that made me stay in the closet for 47 years. Wow. I stayed in the closet for 47 years. I had a wife and four kids. and I'm not even heterosexual. But that's the fingerprint the church put on there. And this fingerprint over here, no wonder I haven't been able to see clearly. We need to wipe our lenses just the way we would with regular glasses, but it's a lot harder to wipe off the fingerprints of a lifetime of imprints, of indoctrination, of outright brainwashing, and all of it's brainwashing, all of it's brainwashing. Some brainwashing we agree with more than others, but it's all brainwashing. It's the washing of the mind, and everybody getting a mark on your uh, tab tablet, if you will, the tabula rasa, the cleaning of the slate, right? The clean slate. We all kind of start off with a clean slate. We all have this great love for freedom. I mean, look at look at a little kid wants to go diving headfirst down the stairs. I mean, talk about a quest for freedom. I'm going to get to the bottom step. I don't care if I crack every bone in my body on the way down, baby. I'm going down. This love of nature this love of walking barefoot onto the grass. And then fingerprints start getting put on the lens. And we put on socks and shoes and we start getting complexes and we start worrying about what other people think. Those are all fingerprints on the lens. If any of this speaks to you, please join my podcast today. This was a very powerful thing for me to share with you, not because of its profundity, but because I think it's a universal concept that came to me in just a quick moment. And I'm going to start writing these down. I'm going to start tape recording them when I'm 
on the road. Sometimes these things come to me when I'm driving. And I used to always keep a digital audio recorder with me. And I'm old, so when I first started getting these ideas, I'd have an analog little micro. You remember micro cassette recorders? Thank God we got rid of those things. I'd have filing cabinets full of those things. But I'm going to start writing them down, recording them, and maybe turning them into little vignettes on the podcast because I think these are things that come to me for a reason. And it's not just to make my life better and easier, but I think it's stuff that I'm meant to share. I really do think these ideas come to me so that I could turn the microphone on and have a few moments of clarity with you and lucidity with you that I wouldn't otherwise have. I I didn't have to turn this into an episode. may not be my best episode, but I think it's a good one, and I'm glad that I shared it with you. And I'm going to start doing that more. I'm going to start holding back less and saying, you know what? Oh, they're not going to like this. And you keep doing podcasts and nobody subscribes. And so what? You're in 800, you know, that nagging little monkey voice. You're in 800 cities, but what does it mean? You know, you can't pay the bills for the podcast. You could barely keep your internet bill paid. So what good is it, man? You got all these listeners and it doesn't mean anything. I'm going to stop listening to that voice. And I'm going to think to myself, okay, these are 800 cities that I've never been in. And I'm getting my voice into them. So that's pretty amazing. That's fucking amazing that my voice and my opinions and my philosophies are getting into 800 cities that I will never set foot in, most likely. Give or take. I mean, I've been to many of the cities, but out of 800 or 787 or whatever, you know, maybe I've been to like 50 of them or something. But I haven't been in most of them. I certainly haven't been in most of these countries. I have not been in France. I've never been in Germany. I've never been to Europe. I've never been to Asia. What countries have I been to on this list? Of course, the U.S. I've been into Canada. I've been to Brazil many, many years ago. Had a friend just visiting from Sweden, visiting the family for three weeks. Never been to Sweden, though. Mexico, yes. My father's from Mexico, and I've been there several times. Grandfather from Denmark. Never been to Denmark. Where where else have I been? I haven't been to any of these countries. I haven't been to any of these kind of... My mother from Nicaragua, never been to Nicaragua. Argentina, Vietnam, Saudi Arabia. I haven't been to any of these countries. But my voice is getting into them. And that's pretty amazing. And that's the power of technology. And as much as I badmouth a lot of technology, because I think a lot of it's bad. I think it's the mechanization of the human being, which I don't like seeing... Because I think with the mechanization of the human being, we're going to find that we are ultimately eternal beings of light. And eternal beings of light don't like being mechanized robots. (laughs) So at some point, if it hasn't happened already, we're going to hit some kind of a head-on collision at about 8,000 miles an hour between the unbridled human soul that wants to go anywhere it wants to go at any given time and the voice of Siri or Alexa telling you, turn right now. Make a U-turn. You missed your turn. Turn right. I can't turn right there. There's a wall. Turn right. But this kind of technology is really mind-blowing to me. And I've been in radio for 31 years, 30 years or whatever it is, plus. Yeah, over 30 years now. I got in in 1991. Wow. Seems like a long time. It is a long time. 
More than half my life I've spent in broadcasting. And I couldn't have dreamed of doing this from a home studio the way I'm doing it. I could have done it. It would have cost me probably $100,000 in equipment. They would have gone up on the roof and on the side of the house, and I would have had to get a license, and the government would have had to say yes, and they would have had to sign my permission slip, and I'd have to have a special piece of paper in my wallet and hanging on the wall in a frame, and some government sponsor would have to come by every six months and make sure I'm doing it correctly. So yeah, I probably could have done it back in the day, but not like this. Not this quickly, not this accessibly. And the fact that I'm reaching people like you in 47 countries in 786 cities, that's pretty amazing. Now, if we could turn those into subscribers, that would be great. I could do this full time. If even 5% of you subscribed, I could probably do it full time. So think about it and go to patreon.com slash Spencer Hughes and click subscribe. I'm not asking you to subscribe as a sponsor or at 10 bucks a month or just subscribe for a dollar a month. Try it. We'll share these deep thoughts together. And we'll talk again real soon, all right? I appreciate you very, very much. Much love to you. Please realize what a special eternal being of light you are. Wipe those lenses down as often as you have to. And what, what, I, what I have found, and I'll end with this, is the sooner you wipe the lens after the imprint, the easier it is. The easier it is. It's just like a regular smudge. It's like a smudge on your glasses. It's been there a while. It's kind of caked in dirt. It's kind of like when you do your laundry and if you get like a blood stain or a wine stain, you want to like take that shirt off, man, and get it in the laundry as soon as you can. You don't want to sit, have it sit in the hamper for three weeks and then say, oh, crap, there's a blood stain. It's never going to come out now. But if you put the peroxide on it right away, if you put, you know, the spray on it right away and put it in the wash, probably would have come out. It's the same thing with the imprints that culture, religion, politics, fill in the blank, put on our lenses. The quicker we wipe them off, the quicker we can get rid of them and the more easily we get rid of them. Much love to you, my friends. This is Hughes from the Heart. My name is Spencer Hughes coming at you from beautiful western Washington, the south sound of the evergreen state. And wherever you are right now, I appreciate you very, very much, much more than you could possibly know.